Hey, and welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast. So excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy this week's talk and it really connects to your life in a meaningful way. If you're live in the Pomona area, we would love to have you at one of our gatherings at 10 a.m. or at one of our humanity groups that meet all throughout the week all over the city. If you want more information about our community, you can go to www.humanitychurch.com or download our app on your phone on Apple or Android. If you like what you're hearing here and want to continue to support the ongoing work at Humanity, you can text the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977 and give back financially in just about 10 seconds. Hey, and here's this week's talk that was given live at our Sunday gathering at Humanity Church. Good morning, Humanity. I drove here with the beautiful mountains and the clouds and started to feel spring in the air and I didn't even bring my mask today. Woohoo! I think I think spring is coming. I don't want to count on it and that we have all this freedom quite yet, but it just felt like something new is in the air and Passover and Easter are coming and I just could feel feel the spring. So so excited to be here with you sharing on the fruits of the spirit. And uh, I would just like to say I'm Dr. Ann Swanson. I love being a, a presenter, humanity communicator here, um, do other things in my other life, which is a therapist, and I work over at the medical school at uh, Western University. I got $3 million gift to build a new sim lab, so that's a really cool thing, too. So God is moving. There's all kinds of blessings and wonderful things happening. Um, I picked patience to speak on, and you know the old joke, do not ever pray for patience. <laughs> and you'll hear my story of uh, operation these last three weeks, but um, I'm grateful to be here and to share what the operation was for me, and um, I ask that God would use it to bless you too. So would you pray for me before the word? Thank you, God. Oh, gosh, thank you that your word is living, that it operates on us and gives us life. And that as we submit to you and let your love, let your truth, let your knowledge, let your um, spirit envelop us, that we get to change, to be more like you. And we just thank you for that. I ask that the words that you have spoken to me, the way that you have <laughs> operated on me these last couple of weeks would speak life into this room and into the people listening online and that it would bring your truth, your fruit, your fruit of patience. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have been in a series in Galatians on the fruits of the Spirit. And what I learned is uh, it's not just one fruit each. It's a big mix of fruit bowl, right? And that the Spirit operates in all different ways, um, giving us out fruit, which is really actually new for me after being a believer for 50 years. So that was really good. I'm like, wow, how did I never learn that? So we've had amazing speakers on love, Scott, and on peace, Melinda, and on joy, Nathan. Just such good richness. So if you haven't heard those, I'd invite you to go back because they're all building on each other and they're helping uh, fill out this whole picture of what the fruits of the Spirit are. Um, I wish I could go back and pick a new fruit because um, <laughs> this one was really hard. I actually thought I was kind of a patient person, but uh, God showed me a little different. So a couple weeks ago, I got to present at the parenting workshop. If anybody go into the parenting workshop on Love and Logic? Yeah? Um, we're going to do it again, and it's just an amazing material for parents, grandparents, anybody working with children. Even if you don't have children, really good dynamics about how to work with people, how, to, how people think, what motivates children particularly. So I got to share about being a parent, which I have two daughters. One, uh, Atara, is 34 years old and has three and a half children. She's got one in the oven coming in June. Um, and then my other daughter, Kelsey, is 
32 and has five children. So she's been really fruitful. Uh, <laughs> so I have eight and a half. And it's just, it's a joy of my life. It really is a blessing. And for those of you who are grandparents, they know it's something even more than having your children. It's like watching your children, children, uh, children parent is pretty amazing. Until you ask them for feedback about your own parenting, which I did two weeks ago. I was going to present, and I said, well, Nathan's going to ask me to share strengths of my parenting and a weakness of my parents. So thinking they were going to find like little tiny things, they both at once said, oh, you are a pretty impatient parent. My illusions of grandeur like fell away. <laughs> and I was inside, I was defensive, like, I've trained as a therapist. I know how to listen to people. My clients and students think I'm really patient. And as I tried to do, I tried to listen for feedback. And I said, really? Well, tell me more. Really not wanting it, but tell me more about my impatience. And Kelsey said something that just really pierced my heart and started this operation. She said, Mom, you went from zero to 100 some days. Like, you were like this person we were walking through the store and suddenly like this this evil person came out of your mouth and started yelling. And I'm like, really? She says, I said, get the bloody milk in the middle of Costco. I don't know if I did. I don't remember yelling that at all. But um, she said it was just so shocking. Like you'd be you know, laughing and joking and suddenly your patience would just go like that and you just snapped at us. And I was like, wow, that is not my image of myself at all. But they were both nodding saying, yes, that was you. Uh, now, granted, I was a single mom. I'm not giving any excuses. I also have activator in my strength finder. So I think that makes you uh, want to get things done faster. But that was their feedback. So as I'm starting to uh, think about patience, I, impatience, I started like really thinking, man, well, I, I've tried everything I know in life to grow in the spirit and to mature and learn. This feels pretty hopeless. This feels pretty hard. And then I started looking around at our culture. And again, not to excuse myself, but I'm like, man, we live in a very impatient culture. Impatience. People are honking. They call it a honka second now. It's the smallest time capsule in a minute. The, the, the minute between when the light turns green and the person behind you goes honk. <laughs> so just this impatience and the way our culture is speeding up. Um, 5G. So we get so impatient if the internet doesn't work right away. We get um, frustrated if our Netflix isn't working. Just this intensity of everything speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. So the way we're wired as human beings, it seems like just our culture and everything moving faster actually is inbreeding more and more and more impatience. One study I read that was so interesting was um, a brain study from Amherst. They wanted to answer the question, um, how long were, were subjects willing to be patient as far as the internet? So they, they got six million people to sign up for this study and they came on the computer and the trick was, they didn't tell them, the trick was they didn't hook the computer up to the internet so they had to wait. So they were sitting there waiting for the study to start. In two seconds, a bunch of people stopped, just got out of the study. In five seconds, half of the people were gone and in 10 seconds, over 3.4 million people got off the internet. 10 seconds of patience. So that's where our culture is getting to. Amazing. Immediate gratif gratification. I, I tease Nathan about going to Disney and always getting the pass to get in the front of the line, right? Um, we pay for speed. So we pay for the 5G. We pay for the T TSA line to be in front of the line to get on the airplane right away. We are paying for speed and immediacy in our life. And that's not all bad. 
But the flip side of that is there's, a, there's something that develops only in time. Certain things need time to develop depth. So think about that. Those of you who play instruments, you have to, to invest time and practice to craft an instrument. Think of you that are parents. You spend 10 months, it's 10 months, Lauren, really. They say nine, but it's really 10 months. They lie. 10 months developing this baby and then a lifetime parenting of 18 years plus. A romance, a marriage of 40, 50, 60 years. These are things of beauty and depth that take time. They can't be immediate. They're not immediate. But our culture is starting to um, decline in our appreciation of that and the value of that. And we devalue sometimes things that take that amount of time. So impatience, I was getting really depressed because I thought, I've done everything I know how to develop patience, and here I am. What am I going to talk to you guys about on Sunday? I don't know. And I opened my new mush oatmeal that I bought at the store, and God gave me a message to my mush oatmeal yogurt, and it said, start even if you don't know how. I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> so, so I started re-listening to all the Fruits of the Spirit talks, and what stood out to me about Galatians was this very clear stance that we are flesh, and we have the opportunity to be spirit with God. And we're both in a human vessel. But guess what? We're born in flesh. As I've been ordering these uh, million dollar or $100,000 mannequins for the Sim Lab, they, they look like live people. They actually talk, they cry, they move their hands. It's pretty amazing AI stuff. But I thought, what if that's us, in a sense, without the spirit? And the default mode for human beings is impatience. So if you're with me, I've been trying to put on patience, learn patience, get a battery that does patience, learn skills. The best I could do was make my face go kind of blank and not roll my eyes when I'm really <laughs> irritated at somebody because then I just look like I'm not irritated, but inside I'm really irritated. So, so all of a sudden I thought, well, what if the default of human beings is, is impatience and God gives us another dimension of patience through the fruit of the Spirit. And as I learn to abide in him, then I get that patience. So I got a little more hopeful this week. I thought, okay, so dive in with me and hear about how do we get that fruit of the Spirit? How do we get that patience? And it starts with the patience of God. Throughout Scripture, the God has talked about is extremely patient. And patience meaning long-suffering, willing to endure. The story from Genesis to Revelation is a story about God's love for us. Eve gets so impatient, she grabs an apple, wants to be like God, wants to know things, doesn't want to follow the wisdom, and she breaks open this history of God trying to love us back to the way that he had it in the garden. And he doesn't give up. He's patient. He endures centuries and time and finally sends his son to help us understand this. God of patience. And yet we sit where we're at, and I don't know about you, but as I looked at some of my life in terms of um, the impatience of my life, I looked at the fruit and it's like, I caused a car accident once in my impatient impatience. I've known people that have taken jobs when they didn't feel like uh, it was the right one for them, but they just needed money. I know a couple people that just got married because they felt like they were too old and they would never get married again, and they've regretted that marriage for decades. And I've known people that have, um, you know, 
definitely sexuality before marriage and without context and ended up with children out of wedlock. So our impulsivity and our impatience, God continues to speak to us and doesn't write us off in that, but speaks to us about that. Looking at the word, the flesh and the spirit and thinking about those choices. Um, the patience of God, and, and this is a scripture that I think really speaks about it from 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So amazing. God, I wish I had that kind of patience. I don't yet, but God does. And the, the relationship with God is like, his love, he could, he could be a control person, he could order us, he could use his power to tell us what to do, he could be a dictator, but in his love, he says, I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is giving you a choice in relationship to come to me, to choose me, to choose a love relationship alongside of me and let my spirit transform you. Amazing, amazing, amazing love. Another quote from um, a theologian named Tozer says, every ransom person, so think about yourself. Everyone who has sinned or done something challenging in their life that they regret, every person owes their salvation to a God who kept the door of mercy open by refusing to accept any of the evil acts as final. Let me say that again, because as I read this, I was thinking of two periods of my life where I just was not in line with God at all, and I did some things that hurt people really bad, and I caused a lot of damage, and um, I've spent the rest of my life in repentance and repairing for those things. But if God would have written me off at those times, I wouldn't be here. I would not be standing here. So I owe my salvation to a God who kept the door of mercy open for me by refusing to accept any of the evil acts I did as final. Another way to say it is, you are not what you do. God sees you through the eyes of love, through the, eye, the patience of a God that wants the best to come forward for you. Now, do we need to learn from things? Do we need to change? Do we need to transform? Yes, because we get consequences for our actions, but God loves us and there's a patience about God that's amazing and merciful. Let's think about the, the word that I first, when I first heard patience, I thought, oh my gosh. Right, yeah. Hey, I want this, I want that, I want the train to come, I want the phone to work, I want this to work. That's not patience, is waiting with that kind of attitude. Patience is also about the inner attitude of seeing the whole picture, of seeing what, what is uh, the long-term stance. I love the, what Nathan shared today about uh, the church in Ukraine praying. They're believing for a miracle, that God is coming and their patience is about waiting for the miracle of God. And that's what God starts to ask us about. So what I love about the Hebrew language is there is such a depth in the words. Patience to us means sort of like we have to endure, we have to wait, we're sitting in the doctor's office waiting for an hour, and that dumb doctor isn't even on time, whatever. We, that's our concept in English of patience or waiting. In Hebrew, there's about five different words for patience. I'm gonna share a couple of them with you because they started to expand my view of patience. One of them is a word that's called um, salanut. And it's actually, when I started to learn Hebrew, it was the first word I learned in Hebrew, which is probably 
what God was telling me I needed. But, but I also taught my daughter, a one-year-old, um, she was pulling on my skirt and I was cooking and there was hot food. And I was trying to say to her, I can't pick you up because I've got some hot soup or st- something on the stove. And I said, savlanut, which means it's a command to be patient. In that Hebrew word, it also means suffering. So there's a, a concept that is wrapped up again in pregnancy um, and birthing, which means as you give birth to something of meaning or of depth, there is a a suffering. I'm sure Lauren wants her baby right now, right? <laughs> but there's a time of suffering and waiting for the full development of that to come. And then in a birth, for any of you that have been through births or in births, there's a suffering in the body that participates and gives out this beautiful, beautiful gift of a child. But there's a cost, and that's savlanut, the patience of letting God come in fullness of time for the birth and the development of what he intended. There's another word called hul, which is um, dancing with God. And this is one of my favorites. Uh, When I was in college, I did a lot of dancing and I was in a ballroom dance class and learning the first steps of ballroom dance. My partner said to me, you're really not very good at following, are you? (laughs) Because I started to lead all the time. My brain was working fast, I was anticipating and I would lead out. He goes, no, 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 no. In ballroom dancing, the man leads and you to follow. I'm like. Not very good at that. So we started to learn, and if any of you are ballroom dancers or if you watch Dancing with the Stars, there's a specific dance called uh, the Viennese Waltz. And it's the one where the dancers kind of dance together in place, and suddenly as the crescendo of the music goes, they launch out into the room, they do huge spins around the whole room. And it almost looks like they're running because the turns are so large. That's the image that I have as I started studying patience and the gift of the Spirit of God is, what if we were allowed to dance with God, listen to his Spirit, not patiently waiting in absolute uh, passivity or a place of um, holding back, but actually actively dancing, listening to God, listening, when are we supposed to launch? What's going on? What pieces is God doing in your life and in other people's life to allow the miracles and the things to happen? That's a different image than the patience I had a couple weeks ago. And so this idea like if I'm abiding with God, if I'm listening to God, if I'm dancing with God, there's a different direction than passively waiting or trying to sit on my um, impatience. Uh, But there's an act of creativity with God that I think has a real beauty in that word. Patience should not be mistaken for idleness or inaction. It's a form of action in which we silently observe and postpone maybe the time that we might act, waiting for the clarity or direction of how to act. And then the idea for me was also like uh, from the story of Moses, there was a pillar of fire that that Moses and the Israelites followed. And one of the things Moses said was, I'm not going to go before that pillar. I'm not gonna move ahead of that pillar and I'm not gonna wait too long behind the pillar. I'm gonna wait and move with the pillar through the desert that God's gonna lead me. And that's the kind of trust that we're talking about with patience. Dancing with the one who keeps his promises. So that's another aspect of God with patience. He makes a promise, he says he's gonna complete it. And we can count on that, that's his word. We don't have to be worried about that. We can count on that as part of the connection. That he loves you as a child that he's made promises to. And his promise that he'll work all things for good. All things for good for those that love him. Those are some amazing things that I wanna dance with for sure. 
When Jesus was on the cross, there's another way that we talk about God's patience, and this was really new for me too, and that God withheld his power to look like he abandoned Jesus. And I've always gone like, well, why didn't he just come in on Friday and like make Easter on Friday or Saturday? Like why, what was this long season of, of waiting in this, waiting patiently? And one of the things that um, I was praying about was that what in that moment of Saturday, and I call it the suffering of Saturday, that God poured out all of the impatience, the sin, the difficulty, the challenges, the way we don't line up with the Spirit, onto Jesus. And he took that on himself so that we could have the freedom of Sunday. Saturday was necessary. The patience of Saturday from God was held back from his son until the fulfillment of our freedom could come through that. that was, that's just amazing to me that God loved us that much that he could restrain that and be patient for the fulfillment of Sunday. That's something to sing about and dance about. Woof, yeah. Um, patience, uh, some of you may know David Judah Oliver who is, um, used to come to our community here and he's now become the poet laureate of Pomona, which is a really neat thing. He's a really creative, talented guy. I put on Facebook the other day, hey, give me some thoughts about patience and he wrote a little poem for us. So he said, I think of patience as a force that holds a city from siege or from war, knowing that reinforcements are en route and holding spirit until they come. Yeah. I feel like that's a prayer we can pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine right now, that we can pray for them that the Spirit of God and the patience would hold their city at siege until the Spirit of God will come. Um, one of the things I was hoping to share with you about too was King David today. Um, the second scripture that has another word that's from Hebrew is uh, Psalm 37. And it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. And when I first read this, again, I thought, um, I had read a story that King David was in a cave hiding out from Saul and um, he, was, he was waiting for God to come and rescue him. And the more I studied this scripture, it was like, actually, this is King David's whole life. He got anointed as the king when he was 10 to 15 years old as a shepherd boy. He waited 15 years until he actually became king of Israel um, and leader of Israel. So I, I, I never knew that, that it was 15 years of waiting patiently to say, this God, my God promised me that I would have this anointing in my life. And he believed and he suffered and he went and he worked and he hid out in caves and he struggled for 15 years until God brought the anointment and the fulfillment of that. That's amazing. That kind of waiting is, is true in the Jewish tradition too. When they say they um, waited for the Messiah to come, now, those of us that are believers believe the Messiah has come and he'll come back for us. Those that are Jewish don't believe the Messiah has come yet. And then there's an in-between group that I got the privilege of working with in Israel called Messianic Jews who believe the Messiah came and that he's coming again, and yet they keep their Hebrew traditions. So that's some of the people that we worked with in Israel. And one of the phrases they have is animayim, which is I believe. And they say that prayer every morning, which is I believe the Messiah is coming. So no matter what goes on with bombing, with difficulties, with economic difficulties, 
the, the, the prayer is I believe. I believe God's coming. I believe the one who said he would come back for me will come back for me. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And that's part of what King David was saying is be still. Quiet the places in our heart and our minds that fight with how come it's not now? How come it's not the way I want it? How come my husband doesn't treat me this way? How come my kid's on drugs and I can't figure out how to help them? How come I don't have the money I need to buy the house I want? How come I'm not getting married? All those things, this psalm talks about being still and knowing that God is working on your behalf for the best for you, for the future that he has for you. I read this that was really meaningful to me. What is meant for you won't pass you by, even if it has to come running after you. What's meant for you won't pass you by. That trust, that faith in God's promises and commitment to you. So one of the things that I was hoping to end this talk with as I studied patience for uh, this last month was I thought, God, I really want a story of a breakthrough where I can share with you, I, I really learned how to abide in the spirit of patience and something miraculous happened in my life. That didn't happen. <laughs> so when I was praying about it, God said, you are just in the beginning stages, dear. You have spent most of your life trying to put on patience from the outside. This is an area that's not real developed in your life right now, and you don't even know how to dance with me in this yet. And so I said, okay, well, what is an image that I could share with you about what's going on? And I think I've been watching too many uh, Westerns, or has anybody been watching uh, Yellowstone? Yeah, yeah, I'll I watched a whole bunch of that season. So the image that came to my mind was me as a wild bucking, bucking bronco horse that's not very hasn't been very tamed in this area of patience. So I said, okay, God, what, what do you want from me? And he said, could, would you let me bridle you? You know, not ab aggressively or abusively, but would you let me put a bridle in your mouth and sometimes shut your mouth <laughs> before you're going to say something? Would you let me train you on how to not be uh, impulsive or active or do the first thing that comes to your mind or say the first thing that comes to your mind? Would you let me train you like a cowboy trains a horse into uh, a dance with with me, would you let me do that? And I'm like, all right, I, I, of course I want that, I want that. And so then as I began to pray, I, I got this image of abiding that we've been talking about, abiding in the vine that uh, is connected to the fruit. And I was like, okay, well, what about the vine, Lord? And it suddenly had this image, you saw the old movie or the new movie, Jumanji? All those vines start coming out and strangling. That, that's what I felt like this week. I was like being pulled, sucked back in, and I was floundering, and, and I thought, why am I resisting this so much? And it was more that my own impatience, my own authority, my own sin of being myself onto my life. That's, that's what I was fighting. So I, I give you that story saying, I'm not there yet at all, but my commitment, especially during this time before Easter, and probably for the rest of my life, is to become a patient person in the spirit of, of Christ and to embody that and indwell that. And you can call me on that, any of you that are in my Bible study group, of when I start to do that. Like, that's a goal for me for the rest of my life that I'm very, very excited about. One of the things that I saw, and it was really interesting that the song they picked today was about this too, is that um, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power in us as we line up with his spirit. 
So that word in Greek is dunamis, which means dynamite. Dynamite power comes through the Spirit. That is what literally raised Jesus from the dead. And um, that power is in, that, in us when we line up with the Spirit of God. So that was encouraging to me that as we have that connection, we have the power to be patient. We have the power to trust what's going on. We have the power to dance with God in a way that's um, powerful but patient. And to put those together is really amazing to me. So the last scripture that I want to end with here is Hebrews 1.12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to entangles us. Let us run or dance with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that's set before us. So see the images? God talks about waiting. He talks about running. He talks about dancing. They all sound like they can be really contradictory and opposite. But if we're in the Spirit, the Spirit tells us whether it's time to wait in a cave, whether it's time to run, whether it's time to dance, whether it's time to leave, whether it's time to pray for your marriage, whether it's time to sit and talk with your child, whether it's time to put a boundary down. There's all kinds of ways that patience acts in love when we're connected to the Spirit of God. And if you're like me, I have a lot to learn about this, and I welcome you to learn this too. But the, the purity, the beauty of it is this is a relationship of God being patient with us, asking us to be patient with each other, asking us to be patient with ourselves. And that in that, the fullness of transformation will happen as grace, as love, as mercy comes to us, as we see our sin, as we confess to one another, to one another, and we get forgiveness for our sins, and we grow into more of the likeness of Jesus. So if human default is our impatience, then we get to choose to connect up to the God of patience, the God of love, the God that wants to transform us and to give us wisdom to choose wisely, to, to think about impact on other people, to build a community of patient, patience. That was my prayer as I was thinking about this, is I wanna be known not only as a community of love, like Scott talked about, but that love also would have a mark of patience, that mark would have a mark of peace in us, that our fruit of our spirit of this community would be so palpable that people would say, what is going on with that people group? Why are they so different? Why do they stand out? And that is what I wanna be known by. So let me invite you into prayer with me. And if any of this is touching you for the first time in your life, that you don't even, you've never even heard of this God that is that patient with you, I just ask you to think about that if you'd like to commit to that relationship with God for the first time. And if you have a relationship with God but you don't have patience like me and you want more of that patience, I ask you to raise your hand and think about that, Lord, that we invite both of those into our lives. So Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That you are a God that is so patient with us that from the beginning of time till now, you have ordained the people that you long to love and be with and connect with and that you are calling us. You don't want anyone to be left out. And for those of us that struggle with this fruit of the Spirit and long for more patience in our life, I ask that you help us to abide in your Spirit and be called and directed and pulled into your Spirit of love, that our impatience could be transformed 
by your patience and that we'd see that spilling out of us with our husbands, our wives, our children, our neighbors, that that would just be a mark of who we are and how we know you, Jesus. I thank you for that and I thank you for your instruction in our life and your patience for us. And I'd like to just put a blessing over all of us. Uh, as the Lord directs your heart into the love of God and into the patience of Christ, may you be strengthened with all power to the might of his glory, unto all patience and long suffering with joy. And let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect in him and entire, lacking in nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Humanity Church Podcast. We hope that this was a meaningful experience and we look forward to connecting again next week for another conversation around what it looks like to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Again, for more information about Humanity Church, you can visit us online at humanitychurch.com. And if you want to support the ongoing work here at Humanity Church, including this podcast, you can give online in about 10 seconds by texting the word Humanity Church, one word, to 77977. Thanks and have an amazing week.